0: Welcome to Checkmates Go, Season 2, Episode 22. In the middle of July, Checkpoint disclosed publicly a remote code execution vulnerability in a Windows DNS server, whereby when you execute a malicious DNS query, you could cause code to run on a Windows DNS server. Aside from the severity of the vulnerability itself, this bug has existed for 17 years, Hopefully by now you've deployed the relevant patch from Microsoft, as well as the IPS signature from Checkpoint and possibly other vendors as well. At the end of July, we did a tech talk on SigRed with the researcher who discovered the vulnerability, Sagi Zadik. And uh, we also hear from Ori Hamama about uh, how we developed the IPS signature and deployed it to our customers. And uh, we have questions uh, during this tech talk being asked from our very own Shai Levin. This excerpt starts with Sagi explaining what motivated him to look in Windows DNS for a vulnerability to begin with.
1: So the goal of this research was to find a bug that would let an attacker escalate his privileges inside the Windows domain environment. The traditional approach of uh, achieving this goal is to usually exploit a bug in the SMB and RDP services, just like the infamous vulnerabilities Eternal Blue and BlueKeep, if you're familiar with those. Um, since these targets are very popular among security researchers, we decided to go for other services that could be exploited to achieve the same goal, but may have seen less research in the past. In the end, we chose uh, to focus our research on the Windows DNS server, as this target is commonly available on active directories, requires no authentication, and is usually accessible for firewall configurations.
2: Interesting. And this makes me wonder regarding other Microsoft products that have been developed more than a decade ago and are still being used by many organizations worldwide. I would say, a little bit scary. Sagi, you know what? Every time I hear on a new vulnerability that has been found by one of our researchers, hackers, I wonder to myself, how does this process works? Can you
1: share with us how did you begin with this process and what are the stages? So not every security research is the same, but they usually share a similar process. The first stage of this research was recon, and this stage we checked what other research has been done in the past regarding the DNS service or the DNS protocol. We also checked when was the last time that the security vulnerability was discovered in this target and whether there are new features that were introduced lately that could possibly contain vulnerabilities. The second stage of this research was reverse engineering the code. Because we don't have the source code for the Windows DNS server, we had to reverse engineer it back from compiled code uh, to something that resembles the source code uh, that we could easily review and look for vulnerabilities. This process t- usually takes some time uh, but it teaches us a lot about the fundamentals of the service and it is a requirement uh, for a good research. The third stage of this research was learning the protocol. Like Picasso said, uh, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. If I want to be able to find vulnerabilities inside Microsoft's Microsoft implementation of the DNS protocol, I must understand every detail and every nuance uh, about the protocol so I could spot implementation mistakes. Sagi, so can you explain in a few words what is SIG record
2: I must say that I'm in this field for 20 years already. I think that I know DNS services quite good, but I've never heard about a SIG record before. And also, why SIG? Couldn't you use like more common record, like A
1: record, MX record, or a TXT record? So generally, a SIG record is a record that contains a cryptographic signature of some information. It is most commonly used as part of a DNSSEC protocol, which is a more secure version of the DNS protocol. It makes complete sense to me that you uh, have never heard uh, about this record before, as I didn't heard about it as well uh, prior to this research. As far as I know, it should have been deprecated in 2004, and it is much less common than a A record or MX record, for example. There's a general idea in security research that if you want to find bugs, you should look at the more obscure features of the protocol, also known as taking the path list travel. Um, as we didn't look at SMB or RDP for research target, because they were researched a lot by the, by the InfoSec community, the same idea applies here. If there's a bug in parsing of A records or MX records, for example, someone would have probably found it by now and reported it. Uh, so we have to look at, uh, at records that are people that people are not familiar with. Another reason we decided to look uh, at SIG records specifically is that, as I've said before, uh, these records are part of legacy code that was probably written a long time ago, uh, possibly when security awareness uh, was not as high as today.
2: I think that uh, this is the first time that I'm starting to realize uh, your point of view, which I must say fascinating. So you find the bug. But how the hell do you move on with the process and find a way to leverage this bug? Not every bug that exists in the code makes
1: the system vulnerable, right? You're absolutely right. Not every bug you find uh, can be exploitable. Sometimes you find bugs that exist in an uh, unreachable code path, and uh, other times Microsoft applies mitigations that completely eliminates uh, a specific bug loss you can take nal as an example. Uh, Cigarette, specifically, is a heap based buffer overflow that uh, Microsoft defined as likely to be exploitable.
2: Okay, so let's say that someone out there wrote the code that leveraged the bug in order to get admin privilege on the DNS server machine. If you
1: were the attacker, what attack vectors would you use? We have written about uh, possible attack vectors in our blog post, which I, uh, by the way, recommend uh, that you check out for even more technical details. Um, But uh, the most common attack vector to exploit this vulnerability uh, would be an attacker that is already present in the LAN environment. Um, It could be an infected machine. It could be a hacked website, or even an attacker with physical access uh, that could connect to the uh, corporate Wi-Fi. Because DNS requires no authentication and should be accessible by any machine, uh, you don't need much to exploit this vulnerability and completely take over the corporate network. Uh, In our blog post, we also introduced another attack vector uh, that we found. Um, We found that uh, this vulnerability can also be triggered uh, from an old web browser, such as Internet Explorer or non-Chromium-based Microsoft Edge. Although this is a core cool attack vector, uh, we believe that it is the least reliable uh, to exploit by, by an attacker. You
2: know what, I'm worried now that this bug survived 17 years without anyone pay attention to it. How can it be? Sagi,
1: have you done variant analysis? For those of you who are not familiar with the term variant analysis, it is simply the process of taking the required conditions for this bug to exist and checking whether similar bugs of the same class exist in similar products. It is case of don't play the cards, play the man. Uh, if the developer made this mistake in this specific code, there's a chance they would make the same mistake elsewhere. We did have a look at other functions inside the Windows DNS server and found other instances of this bug to be fixed. We also looked at the DNS client, which is the DLL that every Windows computer uses to resolve host names, uh, and found out that uh, this bug was already fixed there. And we can be 100% sure, but we think that Microsoft uh, manages two different source codes, one for the DNS client and one for the DNS server, uh, even though they, they implement the same protocol. At some point in time, they probably forgot to synchronize a bug fix between them. So it's interesting to know
2: what is the internal process of alerting the stakeholders, I mean the external ones, uh, Microsoft in this case, and the internal owners, uh, the relevant uh, group managers, the network protection and the endpoint protection uh,
1: owners. So Microsoft has an organized bug bounty program where they even offer cash prizes uh, for security researchers that report vulnerability uh, in their products. Uh, This is not the first time we report a security vulnerability we find uh, to Microsoft, so we are quite familiar with the reporting process and uh, this went with no issues whatsoever. Uh, We also reported this vulnerability uh, internally inside Checkpoint, so the relevant teams uh, will be able to start uh, writing protections uh, against this uh, bug. Ori,
2: okay, I hope that uh, you didn't fall asleep while Sagi and I were uh, talking. Uh, can you tell me about the process from your side and what does it involve? Also, how does Checkpoint customers are now protected from Sigrid? So, we can share that in general, we conduct ongoing threat landscape evaluation process. we also analyzing vulnerabilities, attacks and campaigns also developing the corresponding protection. All of this is based on the various resources and worldwide sensors that we have. Following the interesting research conducted by Seng we have managed to cooperate and analyze the vulnerability, and by evaluating both attack and legitimate traffic, we have managed to find the exit patterns relevant for developing the protection and ensuring attack cases are covered. When Microsoft released the patch Tuesday updates, we have immediately pushed the relevant protection to our customer.
0: Thanks for listening to Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, give us a rating and review, and share with your colleagues on social media. Thanks for listening.